Welcome to the Mental Health Bible Study Podcast with Tyree E. Rowell. Hello, how you all doing on this day and how's it going thus far? I hope you all got up and you were intentional about your day. Waking up with thankfulness on your lips and also on your mind because how you think is going to be how you feel and how you feel is how you're going to behave. So if you want to behave in a certain type of way this morning or this afternoon or this evening, just focus on your thoughts. What type of thoughts you're going to be thinking. And if your thoughts tend to over uh, conclude, you know, overdrive, go into overdrive, I think that's the word I was looking for. If your thoughts tend to go into overdrive, where you tend to be thinking um, things that lead to you feeling anxious or afraid or nervous or um, unhappy, sad, I'm just coming up with all kinds of feeling words. Um, It's best to think about what it is that you probably are thinking about because I know how sometimes people be thinking, especially when I ask people, I'll be like, okay, what was on your mind when you started feeling this way or that way? Because sometimes people know how to say what they are feeling, but um, they don't tend to know that it's connected to the thoughts that was in their mind or in their hearts because we can also be thinking about something that we don't even know that we're thinking. Because sometimes can just be subconscious in the mind and you don't even know it. But the things that you are aware of, um, like the thoughts that you're having, why are you having them? It's okay to ask yourself, what's the point of you thinking this or thinking that? Because when we tend to ask ourselves questions or like in the Bible say, examine ourselves, um, we can get to the bottom of things. We can get to the root of the problem if we were to sit down and have inventory, examine, you know, do an examination on your thoughts. Uh, because when you are thinking something, it's going to lead to how you're going to feel about it. Because when you, say for example, I like white male, I'm sitting up here thinking, about what I'm gonna say next. But I'm feeling great though while I'm still up here thinking about what I'm gonna say next because I know that this is something that benefits people. And not only benefits others, but it benefits me too. But let's say that I could probably be thinking about um, a bill that needs to be paid. And even though nowadays I don't be thinking about bills that need to be paid because I know the Lord is the provider, baby, and I believe that. But there was a time in my life where I was anxious about bills being paid. And I was uh, feeling even like a failure. There was a time too, you know, where I was feeling like a failure when it comes to bills, like me struggling with paying bills, you know, even though I was a single mom at that time. I was still feeling these things, but it was only because I was thinking. I was thinking about the fact that I'm so sick and tired of being broke, you know, and even that's a perspective, you know, the term broke, you know, but hey, that's another, that's another minute of Bible study. So I'm going to save it for another time. 
but there was a time that I was thinking these things uh, as a single mom as if I just can't seem to get over. You know, every time I would uh, pay this bill off, it seemed like something else was popping up. But but to be honest, that was my perspective, though. Um, it was me just, just doing all this thinking. And as I was thinking about it, I was also feeling anxious and feeling like a failure. But um, of course, when I went through therapy and um, did my own soul work, of course, I learned that it was my perspective and my beliefs and also the way that I think and what I think about that had an impact on how the way I felt. And not only that, I was also behaving it. I was behaving it. I was also acting as if I was a failure when I know I wasn't. Because there are these times where we know that we are not these things, but we still behave that way. Do y'all think like that? Do y'all ever ask yourself, okay, I know that God is a healer. I know that God is a provider. I know that I am a wonderful person. I know that I am beautifully and wonderfully made, but still feeling this way, still feeling as if I'm not, still feeling like I'm, I'm inadequate, still feeling like I'm just lacking something. Do y'all ever think like that sometimes? Have you ever just sat down and just had a question of why do we tend to do that? Because we are human. We have a spirit, soul, and body. The body operates off of senses. And then the spirit operates off of the spirit of God. And then the soul operates off of whatever we think, feel, and, and have the, the will to do. You know, because we do have the will to do whatever we want to do. But all that is a combination of things. And some people will be like, dang, this thing like that is really um, overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. It really can. But balance is, a, is something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, balancing their health, you know, because they feel like it's only one that I need to be concerned about. It's only one that they feel like they need to strengthen and it will take care of the rest. But that is a lie. So you just don't get all hype up and buffed up, uh, let's say, for example, physical, and, just, and, and don't do anything spiritual, mentally, emotionally, okay, then something don't go lacking. If it's the same way with spiritual. You get all buffed up, hyped up, strengthened in spiritual, and then you lack in mentally, emotionally, and physically. No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. No, ma'am, no, sir. Mm-mm. You have to balance all of it. Mind, body, and spirit. And I know how people say mind, but you got to add that emotion in there. I don't care what anybody says, that emotion, that emotional baby will have you on your back. Yes, it will. So we got to take care of our emotional health too. So as I was talking about on the previous episode about um, being an adult child, uh, emotionally unavailable or emotionally immature parents, and I was talking about emotional loneliness. Today I'm going to talk about the kind of parents. Uh, There are four types of emotional immature parents according to this book. Um, adult children of emotionally immature parents, how to heal from distant 
rejection or self-involved panic. So um, according to Dr. Lindsay Gibson, um, she said there are four kinds of panic under this category. And all of them, I just want to understand that all of these different types of panic give some certain type of stress onto children, okay? Um, the four types are uh, emotional, driven, passive, and rejecting. Emotional, driven, passive, and rejecting. The emotional parent, according to Dr. Gibson, says they are the most infertile of the four types. And, well, I know how some people love to say the word emotional. Why are you being so emotional? Why are you being so emotional? This is a different type of emotional right here, baby. Hmm, yeah. They give the impression that they need to be watched over and handled carefully. According to the book, I'm reading from the book. I'm reading an excerpt from this book. Don't be thinking that, I'm get, that these are my words because they're not. They're not my words. This is strictly from the book. And I really really encourage you to get your copy y'all this is a very good book i'm telling you it even has a chapter in here on how to date online how to find emotional available people online baby that's why y'all need to get this book mm -hmm. okay let me get back because i've been i'll, I'll be off topic for <laughs> next five minutes but let me get back emotional pain they give the impression that they need to be watched over and handled carefully it doesn't take much to up, upset, upset them, and then everyone in the family scramble to feed them. When emotional parents disintegrate, they take their children with them into the personal meltdown. The children experience their despair, rage, or hatred in all its intensity. It's no wonder that everyone in the family feels like they're walking on eggshells. These parents' emotional instability is the most predictable thing about them. But even though it's predictable, I'm just saying, like, wow. We know that it's predictable, but at the same time, we still walking on air chairs, you know. After a while, you tend to get immune to it. Uh, and some kids, but some kids will not get immune to it, I'm just going to say, because based upon the perspective of the situation, everybody's different, different folks for different folks. But emotional parents are run by their feelings, basically. If I were to break it down, and just like she broke it down, emotional parents are just run by their feelings. Um, you can you just be walking around airchairs and trying to soothe them, and it makes you wonder if you ever will, you know. But let's go to the next one: the driven parent. Driven, D-R-I-B-E-N, driven parent are the types that tend to look most normal, even appearing exceptionally invested in their children's lives. Mm. They put on the appearance, but they're really not in their lives. So I that's happening, feeling driven. These parents are being driven. They're also focused on getting things done, whereas emotional parents are obvious in their immaturity. Driven parents seem so invested in their child's success that the egocentrism is hard to see. Most of the time, you wouldn't notice anything unhealthy about them. 
Mm. However, the children may have trouble with either, either initiative or self-control. Wow. Those very involved hardworking parents often end up with unmotivated, even depressive children. Wow. Because they're so driven and they're so focused on image. If I were to break that down into my own words, I'm like, it sounds like to me, driven parents are so focused on image, so focused on, you know, getting something done. And they gotta look like we got it, got it done. You know what I'm saying? We gotta look like we're a certain way, and so we we gonna do this whether we feel like doing it or not. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me, y'all. Unless I'm reading it the wrong way. But driven parents, according to Dr. Gibson, said they they can't stop trying to be perfect in everything, including other people. Mm-hmm. Wow, driven parents. Let's go to the third one. Passive. Passive parents um, they're not angry or pushy like the other three types, but they will have negative effects. They passively dominate and they um, the partner they often they often partner with more intense types who are also immature. Which makes sense given that people with similar emotional maturity levels are attracted to one another anyway. That does make sense. Compared to the other type, these parents seem more emotionally available, but only up to a point. Only up to a point. They don't always be emotionally available 100%, but only to a certain point because when things get intense, they become passive. Withdraw emotionally and hide their heads in the sand. They don't offer their children any real limits or guidance to help them navigate the world. They may love you, but they can't help you. Wow, 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 wow. Passive parents. That's the third type. Wow, this is interesting. I was like, Lord, her mercy. And, and even though. I am a psychotherapist. I see this stuff. I see it in parents. And it, it's just amazing. Anyway, the fourth thing, rejecting parents. Rejecting, R-E-J-E-C-T-I-N-G. These parents seem to have a wall around them. They don't want to spend time with their children and seem happier if others leave them alone to do what they want to do. Their children get the feeling that the parent would be fine if they didn't exist. These parents irritated, demeanor, pushes their children not to approach them. Something one person described as running towards someone only to have the door slammed in her face. They summarily reject attempt to draw them into affectionate or emotional interaction. If pushed for a response, they may become angry or even abusive. These parents are capable of punitive physical attacks. That is a rejection parent. I'm not going to read the whole thing, y'all. I'm just, it just don't benefit me or you to read this whole book. And you know why? Because y'all need y'all own copy. 
you, I'm just saying, you need your own copy. This is a good book. Hmm. She broke this thing down like, like cheese being broken down. No, like milk being broken down into shredded cheese. I'm just saying, this is a good book. If you have an emotional, immature, or emotionally unavailable parent, get this book. It not just only talks about um, how to identify your parent, it also talks about um, how to cope and deal with parents, also how to heal yourself so that you won't do this to anyone else, so that you can also become emotionally available to others. It even has a, um, a, a chapter here about internalizers and externalizers. I mean, it's, it's the whole book is good, y'all. And let's not forget, it also talks about how you can identify other emotional available people around you, especially online. You need to get this book if you don't know what else to do and you are a, an, an adult child of an emotional immature parent, get this book. The name of the book is in the description as, as well as the author name. You can find on Amazon or any other bookstore that you like to visit. Get the book. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it is a self-help book. It's, you know, like I said, I love to read and I love to learn. So, this is a good one, honey. Some of these things I use on my clients. But anywho, y'all have a wonderful day on this day. Be intentional about your thoughts and your feelings as well as your behavior. Because if you want to be transformed, it is by the renewing of your mind. So have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Mental Health Bible Study Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another episode.